Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the JGA 7, a season of seven episodes looking at trends, insights and the future of business activity. Today we're going to review the career paths of our guests and the skills that have been fundamental to their journey. I am joined by three guests today who will be sharing their story with us. Hi Owen, lovely to be here. Um, I'm Nicola Elgi, Senior Account Director at an independent creative agency called Drummond Central. Um, and in my role, it's client services. So looking after a team of um, account handlers and we're responsible for working with clients and the creative team to deliver against their creative campaigns. Hi everyone, I'm Catherine Wharton and I'm the UK Marketing Manager at Digital Experience Consultancy, Monster Lab. I spend a lot of my time leading sector specific campaigns, managing our content strategy, supporting our partner relationships and also working on employer branding. Hi everyone, I'm Nicola Irving. I work at Pearson Engineering and I work as Head of Strategic Marketing and Communications. Uh, Pearson Engineering is a company that operates around the world to provide equipment to the armed forces to help them to defend and to move across the battlefield. In my role, I look after um, the, the full suite of marketing activities from listening to the market, turning that into market insights, reflecting that within the business, supporting the business's response, and then communicating that outwardly to our audiences as well. Nick, what's your story? How did you get to where you are today? Ah, great question, Owen. So my story began right back when I was doing my A-levels in sixth form. Um, it felt very much as though everyone was being led to choosing a subject that they were really keen on or had done well in school on and then using that to inform what career they actually wanted to do which just felt a bit backwards to me personally. And you want to find something that I was really passionate about and then learn what I needed to, to succeed in that as a career. So I thought about it slightly differently um, and used that to inform what I want to do as a career. So this led to me signing up to a course on creative, creative advertising. Um, and during my course, I secured a placement at a local agency, really quite small agency, but that was to my advantage because it was able to learn a lot. I joined wanting to be um, a designer, but quickly realized, and I think everyone else around me realized that that really wasn't where my skills were. Um, I've always had jobs in customer service roles. So, you know, growing up, being a waitress, I absolutely loved meeting new people, building up that kind of relationship with them, understanding how to, to you know, change my approach depending on who I was speaking to and that's really what interested me most about advertising that role in the agency that is responsible to build client relationships build relationships with the creative department with partners media partners PR partners you name it and um, and really kind of drive drive relationships forward so that led to me doing a bit of a shift in my placement 
and changing from you know wanting to do the design work to actually wanting to be involved in the client meetings and the briefings and in being involved in that side so my two-week placement turned into two years um I refused to leave <laughs> all jokes aside but no when when my time there came to an end I very much I saw the job role come up at Drummond Central and Drummond Central is an agency I had my eyes on I admired them when I was doing my creative advertising course so I bit the bullet and applied for it um, and thankfully got the role and then nine years later I'm now a senior account director so story very much started off right at the beginning um, slightly different path ch changed midway or very kind of you know, change where I wanted to be. And then this is where I am now. So that's it in a bit of a nutshell. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's incredible how you show that you don't need to go down a traditional path. You can take an alternative path. When you've obviously changed direction, did you have any fears? Were you a bit scared? How did you overcome that? I probably was a little bit scared at the time, but I think I think I just knew and I think I knew trying to stick at where my gut started wouldn't be right um and I, you know I'll talk about it a bit later but I always I've always been told I've always been a strong believer that it's when you push yourself out of your comfort zone and do something that makes you feel a little bit nervous is actually really where the excitement is it's when you're pushing yourself it's when you're learning a lot more um but because that's where my skills were in, you know, client relationships, customer service, whatever you want to call it. It made me feel really comfortable in that. Um, I knew I could learn, you know, the the knowledge um, and learn the kind of the detail to be able to do that job properly because I had that kind of core, core skill set to be able to do it. So with that in mind, then, what roadblocks might people face in their careers? And how do you overcome them? Um, you touched on it before there, Owen. So I think the biggest roadblock for someone in their career, in well, in my opinion, is actually themselves. So it's that fear you put on yourself. It's, you know, you you are your own worst critic. Um, and it's it's those points where in your mind, you're doubting your decision, you're doubting where you want to be. And that's where you can trip up and, and make decisions that really aren't right for you. Um, but it, it, in, sense, in the sense of, you know, it's you are your own worst critic, your confidence can hold you back as well. So you might think, actually, am I, am I right? Can I do that? You really doubt yourself. Um, I don't know about kind of everyone else in the room, but I think once you can kind of channel those feelings and, you know, trust yourself to believe in what you're doing, then you can succeed and you can overcome those barriers. And it's when you overcome them, you realise, you know what, I can actually do this. Um, and I think it's that sense of, which might sound really, you know, um, philosophical, mm, that's probably not right. But I think if you can really channel what you want to believe um, and where you want to be, but also find someone that you can look up to. Um, so in my first role at Drummond Central as an account exec, I had a great account, account manager at the time. Um, and I still look back to this day and, you know, think about some of the advice she gave me. Um, but I was able to find someone I could trust in. I could find someone that I could call upon when my confidence levels weren't the best um, or I was doubting myself to help me overcome those. So is one of the key um, methods of overcoming perhaps an obstacle. It's it's building relationships. It's, it's connecting with other people. Is that right? Mm -hmm. 
that's exactly it because they've probably been through the same challenges you're facing themselves and they can call on their past experiences to help you in that moment um and if they haven't been through something themselves in that same way they can also you know call on other people um so you might find one or two different role models for different areas of of your kind of self-belief or whatever you want to call it um but i think that is that is key and working in marketing as well, it's such a broad area and it has so many different roles. How does one even know where to start? That is a toughie. Um, and I think my advice falls in one main part and that's to try as many things as you can until you find out you know, where you're happiest. And I think it's when you're happy and you found something that you're really passionate in and you found something that makes you get excited to start the day that's when you know you're using your strongest skills um but of course you've got to start somewhere to learn these things so start off knowing what role you'd be best suited to like I mentioned before you know I think my core skill sets very much in, in in client services so is it in a client facing role or do you prefer to be the person um that creates the assets creates the campaigns does all of the you know the sexy creative look and feel or a copywriter or a designer or animator is that where your skill set lies um, and then once you've really decided on your core path, you can then use your experiences to kind of guide and explore various roles. So do you like numbers? Are you really good with the numbers? Do you have a logical mind? So something in maybe the data analyst role or digital marketing, potentially that that is more suited to you. But I think once you've once you've figured out your core route um, or your core skill set, then you can really figure out and test new things and Try them out, you know, not, not everything will be for you and that's absolutely fine, but just be open to it. Um, things change all the time. So technology changes, formats change, channels change, audiences change, clients change, the world changes. So just be open to learning new things all of the time and not just being stuck in one, in one pathway because that's what you've set out right at the beginning. Um, I mean, in the last nine years, probably experienced a lot of different things and that that's fine that's great some things have not loved as much um but it gives you that kind of overall understanding and knowledge so that you can call up that in the future as well um i think just something to add to that as well is think finally you'd have to know what isn't for you so you know you have to know what you're not good at or not so good at which is really important um, don't just throw yourself into a role because you absolutely love the company or you think you love the idea of, of being that role. Um, in the long term, I think that can be quite damaging. Don't just apply for a role because that's where you want to be. You could end up hating it um, and you could end up, you know, falling out of love for that passion that you've initially found just because you've gone for the wrong thing. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that there. And I, I think your conversation has gone on to show that um, actually perhaps the non-traditional pathway is possibly one of the best, um, you know, knowing that you can actually find a passion and find something to follow, I think is truly incredible. So thank you for sharing. Uh, so I'll come across to yourself, Catherine, now. Uh, what path has your career gone down? So I've had what I would probably say is quite an unconventional path into marketing. So I did go to university and I actually studied archaeology. And that led to a really brilliant career, um, which spanned over 11 years working in museums. And it wasn't a marketing role. It was probably what I would call an engagement role. 
So my job was to uh, work on the exhibitions, hosting events, delivering educational activities in a local authority museum. Um, this is something that I really enjoyed. I got to hang out with mummies and dinosaurs most days. However, it got to a stage where I felt like there wasn't any more to learn and I really wanted to explore different careers. One of the things I looked at was what skills I'd built up over that career. And I came across marketing as a potential route to go into because then I could potentially stay in museums or I could look at different industries and different sectors. So one of the things that I did was um, while working in the museum full time, I took on a Chartered Institute of Marketing qualification at night school. And um, over the course of nine months, I kind of learned the theory and it turned out that actually I had a lot of the transferable skills that a marketeer needs. So at the end of that course, I started looking for different jobs and it was just as the pandemic hit, I was offered a role at a digital product consultancy. So um, going from public sector museums to private tech was quite a leap. Um, but they must have seen that I had all the skills, I'd done my qualification, so it was a great place to start. So I, I, I was brave, I took a bit of a leap of faith um, and started uh, in a tech role just as the pandemic hit. I was there for 18 months and then I kind of decided because I was the only marketeer, I mean it was an absolute baptism by fire, there was so much to learn, I learned very quickly but I kind of felt to be the best marketeer that I could possibly be. I wanted to go to a bigger, a bigger uh, marketing company, be, be in a bigger team. So I applied for a job at my current company, Monster Lab, who are, they sit in a similar tech space, but they're a global digital consultancy. So I was going from a team of one, just me, to a team of three in the UK, and then about 20 marketeers globally. So it just sound, it just felt like a really good move for me to help me learn more. And what I have discovered during my sort of two year journey in marketing so far is that my transferable skills of communication, team working, problem solving, willingness to learn, they're all things that I'd learned from working in the museum, but you need them pretty much every day working as a marketeer. So that's kind of my unconventional route uh, into marketing. Amazing. Thank you. So if someone is wanting to change roles or change their career path, how do you know if you have the right skills? Yeah, that's that, that's a great question. And for, for what I did, I really dedicated some time into thinking about what do I enjoy doing? What am I good at doing? What am I not so good at doing? And mapping those out. One of the books I found really helpful was The, Squig the Squiggly Career uh, by Helen Tupper and Sarah Ellis. And um, that has some really good activities in to sort of get you to start thinking about what you can maybe do outside of your current role. I also spoke to my current line manager um, and other people that I'd worked with professionally to see what they thought my strengths and weaknesses were. And then I reached out to my network on LinkedIn and asked if there was any marketeers who would be open to having a quick chat to see 
if they would think I'd be a good fit for the marketing world and what kind of skills that I would need um, to break into there. So all of those methods, they were really helpful for me and reinforced that, you know, taking this quite scary decision to, to change careers was the right decision for me. And obviously asking for feedback is, um, I imagine, quite daunting going to people and saying, I'm thinking about this career change. Did you ever get any feedback that was not what you were expecting? And how did you deal with that? Yeah, I think um, on the whole, it was all positive and um, there was a lot um, of good advice as to um, use the language that marketers use. And I had the skills, but we might call it something different in um, in the museum world. So always look at like job descriptions and job specifications to understand the language. Um, it was highlighted that there were definitely going to be a few challenges for me because I was going to be up against people with maybe 5, 10, 15 years experience. But I was just sort of advised to really play on my strengths as a communicator and to just really sort of think about what my USP was. So my unique selling point as, and why I would be an asset to that company um, to take me on. Yeah, so on the back of that, then, you know, if if you're going up against people with many years experience and, um, you know, the terminology within a sector could be quite different. How do you promote your transferable skills to others, particularly when they're not used to the same uh, language or wording that, that you are? Yeah, I think um, I mean, the best way to do it is to just have sort of demonstrating it through your work um, and through like your extracurricular activities just to to prove that you have got, um, you know, those right experiences. So I knew as um, if I wanted to be a marketeer, I would, even though my communication was good, I would have to do more. Um, so I encouraged myself to um, sort of speak in public um, you know, do do scary things like coming on a podcast. Um, so I would get better at that. And also knowing that I would want to like lead a team and also um, sort of uh, demonstrate my leadership skills was to, you know, take on that role in like group activities uh, at, at the museum. Um, and then one of the things was, I mentioned earlier that willingness to learn is such a key transferable skill is just investing in yourself. So like I did uh, with the marketing course, I just think that when I've been hiring people that really speaks for itself and it's not to um, sort of underplay that. That's amazing. Thank you for uh, sharing your career path there. And as well, the emphasis on how skills are transferable across not only jobs, but sectors as well. That That's incredible. Thank you very much. So Nicola, coming across to yourself now, uh, what's your career look like? So I think like Nicola and Catherine's careers, mine hasn't been entirely linear either. So I went to university to study modern foreign languages. I studied French, German and Spanish. And I did that really with a view to having an open mind. I was really interested in travel and just sort of global networks and it all seemed very uh, kind of exotic to be able to work somewhere else. So I studied languages to keep doors open really um, and it was during my course at university that I did a year abroad, it was a mandatory part of my course. I studied for part of that time in Spain which was great and I worked in a marketing agency in Paris and that was fantastic. I got an opportunity to work 
uh, with some of the biggest arts organizations in the world. The, the agency that I worked for uh, ran an annual arts promotion conference, I guess is the, the best way to put it. So, you know, working with the Victoria and Albert and, uh, and other establishments like that and really, really enjoyed it. And that's what opened my eyes to marketing. So came back, finished my degree, still really loved the languages. It's, I think, a bit like Nicola was saying before, you have subjects and then you have vocations and careers. And I think I had at school been good at a subject and so I'd continued with that subject, which I really enjoyed, but I didn't have a career in mind out of the end of it. Um, so I've worked in that marketing agency. I knew that was what I wanted to pursue uh, when I left university. I went to work in a marketing agency, had a graduate scheme there and really enjoyed it. It was during the Olympics and our client was Nike. So there was some really quite exciting uh, opportunities there. But I think I really saw the excitement from the point of view of the marketing manager at Nike and, and what they were developing and, and possibly some of the sort of logical side of it and you know looking at the data and looking at what the best thing to do was and and so I, I sought to have a a role that was within a company as as the marketer an in-house role so I'm trying to say and I've always had a real interest in um, motorsports I was brought up um, as a petrol head um, by my father and so I was looking for a company that did something in engineering or something with cars or something like that. And Pearson Engineering works with armored vehicles and that's a world away from motorsports, but it was an interest of mine and something that I could kind of transfer. So I did a number of, uh, sort of internships with them. This sort of uh, overlaps a little bit with when I was at university, I was aware of this company and I'd done some internships and then went to work in the agency. A role came up at Pearson Engineering and I moved there to be a sales and marketing executive. And I've had the real great opportunity to grow marketing in this company uh, from it not existing to where we are today, but that hasn't been without hurdles and it hasn't been completely um, linear either, as I said before. So after a couple of years, about five years, I went and got a job at an architecture practice. And that came up through um, a connection. Someone got in touch with me and said, you've been recommended for this role. Would you like to take it? Would you like to interview for it? Sorry. Um, and I really took the opportunity there because I think having grown up in defense which is quite a uh, unique kind of industry there's certain things you can and can't do being the only marketer in the company uh, I didn't have much of a network marketing community that I could draw upon um, I had done a number of courses with the Chartered Institute of Marketing I realized that I needed to formalize my marketing training having studied languages and yeah I just felt the need to go and stretch my wings somewhere and do something else and apply what I'd learned and build a community. This role was going to be very much based in, in the Northeast, in Newcastle. Uh, and so it seemed like a great opportunity. I went there, I was there for 18 months, absolutely loved it, great company. Um, they did really great things in, in the city, built a community. And the opportunity came up to return to Pearson Engineering 
sort of armed now with the the community that I had in the northeast uh, having applied what I'd learned in a in an environment that was um slightly more simple and that's not to um be at the detriment of of the sector that I was in but slightly more simple to apply what I was learning um and, and really get a plan together and so I came back to Pearson Engineering a couple of years ago now we have a team here now um and, and it's great so I think having taken a step sideways and come back again has been something that I, has been really positive for me uh, and I think it's something that can be a little bit scary to do uh, particularly if you really enjoy what you're doing you know th there was nothing about the job previously that I, I wanted to leave there was just another opportunity to, to do something and apply myself and yeah I think there's a there's a lesson in there somewhere about being open-minded that's great, thank you. And you mentioned there that uh, you know there was some hurdles along the way. How did you overcome those hurdles, and what what were they? Um, so I think uh, a bit like Catherine said, being the only marketer in a company can be a challenge. It's a fantastic opportunity, and you have to learn and you have to be self motivated. Uh, and it, it's a really good way to, uh, to to find your feet, but it's also a real challenge as well you don't have uh, peers around you to uh, help to guide you that's not to say that within the company there weren't people who um, shared an interest and, and were my line managers of course but without the marketing um, focus so I think that was a little bit of a, a barrier and a hurdle and part of why I felt such a need to build this community um, and, and the community that I'm sort of part of in the northeast and and draw from and um and hopefully give a bit to as well uh so that that's a little bit of a hurdle I think people knowing what marketing is and what it can deliver is a hurdle um and I I can see some nodding heads on the, <laughs> on the call here um so you do your training you learn you know how you can help the business and I think there's often the first audience is often internally to explain you know this is what marketing can do if we have this data here's uh, what we can deliver and I think more often it's showing it rather than telling it but I think marketing can deliver a lot of change for business and can um, support a lot of growth uh, and I think that's a little bit of a challenge for all of us not not just in one particular business I think it's a it's a bit of a misconception in lots of different places. So you've mentioned there, uh, you know, about community quite a bit that that's helped you in your career. Why is it so important to grow a network and, and seek the support of that community when you're shaping your career path? I think it's about influence from others and being well-rounded. Um, if you think of a sort of pebble on a beach, it's been through, you know, it's tumbled around in the sea and, and had lots of influence from lots of different factors. And then it becomes this little well um, rounded smooth little pebble and I think there's a a, a bit of a, a laboured way of explaining that I think without a community you, you can have some rough edges and you're not quite sure um, maybe of different ways to do things and uh, you, you don't have the experience you can't possibly know everything about everything and you often don't know what you don't know as well so by having a community um, of like-minded people or people who aren't like-minded and, and just have different opinions altogether are in different industries you can learn lots of different things from and understand where your gaps are I think that's a very um, 
singular way of looking at it you know that's how it helped you to become that smooth little pebble um but I think also just from a um confidence support um sort of friendship human point of view having other people who are in the same sort of environment as you and who um are maybe facing the same sort of challenges it's really good to be able to talk to them and understand you know what's going on the fact that you share challenges is often a um quite welcome you understand that it's not just you you're not missing something big it's something that everybody's facing together and how can you tackle it together and quite often you know this community is not just about how do you do this and what have you learned there it's just about knowing each other or you know meeting for a coffee or whatever it is and it's having that little bit of backup and I think that was one of the the big things that changed in my career was that sort of gap where I went to work somewhere else and had a real focus in my region you know, prior to that, my role is completely global. I knew various people in Brazil and Japan, but no one who could really, I could, you know, have a coffee with in, in Newcastle to chat through a marketing challenge. And I think being able to do that has been um, really instrumental, probably more to confidence than anything else. I, I could, you know, I could say what other people have, have helped me to to learn but I think more than anything else it's just about understanding that there's other people in the same sort of situation. Excellent thank you and um, last question from me I mean a lot of your conversation today has been about you know following a passion whether it be language and motorsport and marketing and engineering which is is fantastic why should someone follow the, their passion then instead of just getting a job? Well I think first up you know, sometimes just getting a job is is what's needed. I think, you know, you'd maybe leave university or leave studying and options may not seem that that open to you. And, and I think you, you will learn something from whatever you go to do. I worked in a coffee shop for years and years and years through um, my school and sixth form uh, years. And you learn communication, you, you learn confidence, you learn how to speak to different people, as Nicola was saying before. Uh, and, and you take something from it. It might not be the career that you want forever, but you, you learn something. So I think sometimes just getting a job, if that's what's available to you, is is absolutely what's needed. I think the passion element comes into it in terms of being open-minded about the types of roles and the types of sectors that you might want to work in. So at face value, an engineering company is not what would have popped into my brain as somewhere to work because I'm not an engineer. Um, I quite like engineering. I sort of understand it a little bit, but I never wanted to be an engineer. Um, and it, it, you wouldn't think of that immediately as, as a career for somebody who'd worked in arts and sports and had an interest in marketing. But I looked at, you know, what do I really like? What gets me out of bed in the morning? What sort of sectors do I like? And that was where, for example, the motorsports bit came in. Um, and so then I, I applied myself to, to that sort of sector. Um, and I, I think that's what you can really learn, that there's a big push at the moment for um, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths. And I'm a big champion for STEM doesn't have to just be about being good at those subjects. STEM industries, as I call them, so places like Pearson Engineering that works in the engineering environment, need skills of lots of different types so they need accountants they need HR people they need marketers um, and if you're interested in those stem subjects 
just, just as an example, if you're interested in those STEM subjects, but don't want to be a scientist, don't want to be a technologist, don't want to be an engineer, you can still be in, in and around it. So every day I get to work with some really great engineers here. We um, talk to people who are involved in uh, really cool uh, programs who are doing a lot of, to my mind, important work to help support and, and defend um, our nations and, and, and friendly forces. And that's really interesting to me, but I don't want to be an engineer. Um, so I think it's about finding your passions. Not It doesn't have to be about sort of, um, I, don't know, I don't think it's that stereotypical, this is my passion, this is what I really want to do. I think it's just about finding how you can apply yourself to things that you really enjoy, um, even if it's slightly indirectly. That's amazing. Thank you. Such an interesting take on on how a career path can 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 move and shift. So incredible. Thank you very much. So everyone, what are the soft skills that people should look to develop? I think first up, one of the things that I would like to propose is, and it's a word I've used, a couple of words that I've used a couple of times so far, is around being open-minded. Um I think in marketing, you'll come across a lot of different tasks, a lot of different audiences, a lot of different markets, and you need to be able to adapt to them. I think adaptable is another soft skill. As part of that, I think there's an awareness and understanding of um, the diversity of uh, different people's opinions, different pe people's skills, different people's ways of working and being able to pull those together. Um, and I think in any career that, that that stands, not just in marketing, I think it could be for, for anything, but being open-minded to, to listen, to learn, to accept that you should always improve and, and to um, not be uh, afraid to say that was wrong, I'm going to do this better next time. I think that's a, a particularly important soft skill that can be applied to any career type. I completely agree with that, um, with everything that Nicholas said. I think that sense of being open-minded and willingness to learn, it, it, it's that sense of continuously pushing yourself so you improve your approach, you improve, you know, your, your communication skills or, you know, your negotiation skills um, or, you know, it's not traditionally linked, but how you how you sell something into a client, whether that be internally, externally, whether it be to the creative team or you know to a partner or to to a senior leader um, in a, a client business or a different organisation, I think it's that sense of you've got to experience what is around you. So you've got to be open to um, hearing a lot of conversations. And I guess the, I know the world's changed drastically over the past couple of years in the sense of you know working patterns people working remote but I'd I just like to encourage everyone to get in those environments get back into the office or just be in a space where you can hear a conversation that is going on because it's it's those observations and you can hear how that person over there is handling that situation or how that person changes their approach depending on who they're speaking to um, not everyone is the same and not everyone responds to the same sort of level of feedback um, or, the, you know, delivered in the, in the same way. But it's it's being open to being in those environments so you can be like a sponge, suck it all in and learn as much as possible. Um, and you'll really 
you know, you'll quickly find yourself adapting your approach based on things you've heard and things you've experienced. But also remember, you, you don't know everything. So that sense of continuously pushing yourself. Remember that you, it's okay not to know everything straight away and it's okay to ask questions. That's really how you're actually going to learn and how you will, over time, become better at what you do. Um, so, yeah, very much push yourself, learn more, suck everything in so that you can really use it to your advantage in the future. So are we saying that it's okay to make mistakes? Because we're often told mistakes are wrong or they're bad. Ooh, I kind of disagree with that. Actually, no, I completely disagree with that. Mistakes are good as long as you're not making the same mistake over and over and over again, because that is not okay. Um, but mistakes are where you learn. So you learn that wasn't the right way to do it. And as long as you're the type of person to learn from them, write it down. What didn't you do right? What could you do better next time? What could you take from that experience and think, right, okay, I will not do that. Um, I know I mentioned before, you are your, your kind of your worst critic. You yourself will know when you've done something wrong or not to the best of your best of your ability, and you'll kick yourself for it. Um, you'll kick yourself more than others around you will punish you for it. Um, and it's it's making sure that you learn from that because you never want to feel that again. You never want to have those feelings again. So you'll you'll do it better next time. You'll learn from it and go, okay, avoid that. Never do that again. And have a different approach. And that approach might be wrong again, but it might be slightly better than it was previously. Um, but yeah, just be the type of person to learn from a mistake. Um, I always push my team to get into, into not into situations, but experience things they haven't experienced before. Um, learn their own approach, do things wrong, learn from it, discuss it. How can you do it better? Um, because really that's, that's where you, you're definitely learning. Yeah, so I completely agree. As someone who makes mistakes all the time, which I think is possibly more common at the beginning of your career, um, I am my own worst critic. I, I probably think, you know, it's worse than it is. But again, as, as long as you learn from a mistake that you've made and try not to do it again, uh, I think that's the best approach. One of my previous managers was a great believer in uh, the phrase test and learn. He constantly used to say to me, test and learn. And it was just a great environment for me to grow in. And now I wasn't going to, um, you know, get told off for making mistakes uh, as long as, you know, I um, sort of got it right the next time. So, um, Catherine, what is a growth mindset then? And can everyone apply this? Yeah, so, so I think actually growth mindset, it, it fits into the whole making mistakes mantra. And I suppose if you sort of break it down, it's when that you believe that your talents and your skills, they can be developed, whether that's through hard work, uh, good learning strategies and input from others. I think having a growth mindset usually means that you're always willing to learn, you're eager to learn new things. Um, and challenge yourself um, to try new experiences. Um, a great book uh, that I read was one called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And that was a really good one um, if you wanted more information on a growth mindset. And I think it's such an important thing to have working in the world of marketing because it's, um, it's a fast changing environment um, and you just really need to be open to um, new things coming at you. 
Brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, so just to finish off today, I'm going to ask for your top tip. So, Nick, I'll come to you first. What is your top tip on carving out a career path? Do you know what? I had to think long and hard about this one. Um, and spe- specifically coming from, you know, a client service and role. And my top tip is very much be that person that others want to have on the team. So you know yourself, you'll you'll buy from people that you like, you want to spend time with people you like, but also that's that's when opportunities will present themselves because you'll you'll be top of mind when a, you know a senior leadership team or a management team or someone needs someone to be on a project. If you become that person or you've carved yourself a role to be thought of in that way, you know, that person will deliver regardless of what we're asking or they'll do it to the best of their ability it's that sense of making sure people know you're there um but in a good way don't be a nag you know don't don't hammer the door down until someone throws an opportunity at your door because opportunities are also where you can make opportunities um you're never going to get handed anything on a on a golden platter at all that's not that's not it but it's about being at the right place so people know who you are and they know they can count on you it's that it's that sense as well but I think that's something I very much drilled into my team so as I've kind of progressed from account exec account manager account director you have to keep those skills so you have to still be that person that people want to be on board um you have to be that person that people know they can count on know they'll help know they'll add a, a new perspective um but not just not just in a way that you know you can challenge as well but it's about adding value throughout everything so like I say be that person people want to have on their team and but also lead lead others in that way as well and Catherine what is your top tip for developing in a career and establishing the right skill set so not to sound like um a broken record but for me it's really don't underestimate how important your transferable skills are. If you want a career in marketing, if you can communicate, you can demonstrate that you are willing and able to learn new things, that you can work in a team, then you're going to be a great asset to that business. You can always go on a course and learn a particular subject like SEO or digital marketing, campaign management, but those softer skills, they're not as easy to develop. Um, And they will support you in any direction your career goes, whether it be in the next two years or the next 20 years. And Nicola, what is your top tip on how to pick and follow a passion? So I think it's, as I said before, a little bit in terms of what gets you out of bed in the morning and how can you apply that realistically to the skills that you have that have been spoken about um, by Nicola and Catherine. So you know, you might really love football, for an example. And you know, not everybody's going to be the world's greatest football player or even get beyond the Sunday team. But if you really like sports and you like football, are there ways that you can apply what you're, you are really good at in that sort of area? And it might be slightly more indirect than you think. Uh, but, you know, are there roles at... The local football club that suit you. you know, could you be in HR at the football club or you know, that sort of thing? I think it's about understanding what you really like and then targeting that sort of 
uh, sector. I think there's stepping stones as well. So it's probably too much of an ask, although not always, but to think that you leave education and you will land in a role that is directly linked to your passion. I think it's more understanding what your target is and then putting things in place to get there. So if you just going back to that sort of football example, if you are really into that, you know, could you do something that's, you know, it could be something like the local authority sports uh, unit, you know, working with them and, and getting, you know, on, on a path towards where you really want to be. But being focused, I think, can help you to follow that passion, but being aware that it's probably not going to be linear, as I said before, there may be ways that you need to take a sideward step or a forward step or backward step even to, to, to find your way there. I think in terms of how do you know what it is? So I think people who add a lot of value in a company and as Nicola was saying before about, you know, be the person um, that people want on your team. You know, what are you prepared to, to not just lead, but also roll your sleeves up as well to, to get involved with? So I think it's all well and good saying, you know, I want to be X, Y, Z, and this is my passion. And, you know, you, you're going to write all the plans and be the manager and isn't that great. But you also quite often will need to um, get stuck in if there's a, a challenge or um, your colleagues need help. And you really need to want to get stuck into to all elements of it. And it, it can't just be the, the sort of top level stuff. It needs to be the grass, grassroots element as well. And I think you'll know if you're doing something that you tr truly love and enjoy, if you are happy to put the, the hard yards in and to do the really difficult stuff, um, as well as to get the rewards from it and enjoy the environment that you're in. Thank you, everyone, for sharing your top tips there. We have had a great discussion today looking at three amazing career stories and journeys. For our listeners, what are your takeaways? What skills are you going to look at developing further to progress in your career? Let us know on our socials, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at JGA Group. That is all for this season of the JGA7. We have had some great guests joining us and some very interesting topics. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on the Learner Zone. You don't want to miss the launch of season two with another seven episodes exploring the hottest topics in business. I'd like to thank my panel today, Nick, Catherine and Nicola for their contributions to this incredible episode. I've been Owen Twydale. This has been the JGA7 and I'll see you next time.